to the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us careen through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Hello Barons, welcome to today's episode of Tenuous Links, which is brought to you by Ping, great supporter of Golf Barons, and who've been behind us since day one, uh, when they make some pretty bloody good golf clubs too. Philip, great to have you back for 2020. Damien, good to be here, and welcome to 2020, a new year for the Barons, and a new year for all of us. Plenty happening this year, starting with a stroke for me. <laughs> That's, a, that's an unfortunate beginning. It's a, is it a stroke penalty, Damien, or is that just a standard stroke? We'll find out. We'll find out. But let's get straight into it again. We know we've had a nice little break, but surely there's been some a bit of hatred built up somewhere for you, Phil. Come on. Let's get it out of your system. We, I do my best, Damien, and this year one of my resolutions is to do my best to not hate, but I have to. So here I go. Damien, do you know what I hate? Being a – what we can only describe as a Gumby of quite a weird physical stature – I hate random golf injuries. Random golf injuries. And more to the point, I hate back injuries that come out of nowhere. <laughs> I did notice, when you, th- <laughs> I did notice <laughs> you were at a bit of a limp then. When you, think you're, when you think everything's going well and you've worked on your bit of conditioning, enjoying your golf and everything's felt strong, and then and I'm just saying in theory, you're standing on a par three that may or may not have been, let's say, the fifth at a golf course that I play a little bit of golf at, and it was at... I'm not going to describe exactly what happened, but it was a downhill par three and it was a little bit windy and I took the backswing and as soon as I made contact with the ball, I gave it the (laughs) and decided to play it because I I really enjoyed the company that I was with, decided to play it the rest of the round. In fact, after nine holes, got better in terms of my form despite having numbness in my legs and a general inability to walk uh, or bend over to hole apart. So random golf injuries, I don't know why they turn up, I'd like to think that it wasn't because I was lacking condition other than the fact that I'm a Gumby. So that is my hate, Tony. So, so you obviously haven't played a lot lately for that reason because you've been a bit injured. I'm enjoying trying to get in and out of a car. I'm enjoying sitting down with the help of armrests. I'm enjoying doing these little things. I'm enjoying rolling out of bed but not so quickly that you start to get those the twings of twings of pain. So that lack of playing for you right now is actually leading into what my hate is and it is not playing enough golf in my time off. I mean, we've just had had a good little break over Christmas into the new year. You'd think, you know, you'd play a fair bit of golf, you'd get out to a few courses, go out with some mates. But Do no. something. Yeah, exactly. But no, didn't get anywhere near the amount of golf I wanted to get in. And um, I'm pretty annoyed by it, Phil. Did you get any golf in at all, Damien? I think I took my son to a little pitch and putt type thing and that was about it. What did you win? Moving on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he can part the boy. No, but seriously, like that was something that I, I genuinely felt I was going to have a, a nice relaxing time, plenty of golf. And sadly, it was just actually a pretty busy time with family, which is good. It's always nice to spend time with the family, but definitely playing more golf this year. That's it's also out. nice to not spend time with the family, Damien. <laughs> There's a balance we're trying to achieve. Uh, brilliant. Now, more importantly, we love loves. So let's talk about your love. Have we you got a love? I do have, and surprisingly for me, my love relates to my hate. Damien, oh, they always they always seem to. They really. always seem to. I go one way and then come another. I'm like every time they think I'm out, they pull me back in. That's my worst ever, El Petrino impersonation. Yeah, it, it was El Petrino from. I'm aware of what you're trying to do. Yeah, no, <laughs> very ordinary start by me. Anyway, just move on. What's my love? My love is I'm gonna. It almost felt like Big Brother was watching me. 
but the number of solutions that exist online, let's say, hypothetically, a Gumby were to suffer a back injury playing golf. Let's call him Phil. We'll call him Phil. And it wasn't even Phil too, because he would not have suffered a back Phil injury. Too he'd accept that. he'd, he'd, he'd be it. running a triathlon. He's let's got be some ticker. So let's say that and you just happen to be sitting on your phone, having a look through social media as is your want, with your painful back, having had some painkillers and all the rest of it going, What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And then you happen to see a post on Instagram from a couple of guys out of the US called the Golf Doc Duo or Golf Doc Duo. So at Golf Doc Duo on Instagram. Three posts in a row. Lower back pain, one-sided back pain, stretches for lower back pain, and then into core strength. And it was almost like it was a message from a higher being, and I'm not going to take sides on the, the, the was religious there, Was debate. there a Gumby line? Was there something about Gumby back? There was not Gumby, Gumby so it back. that specific. It, it, it was actually hashtag Gumby back. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but it was almost like it was a message sent to me saying, we understand that you've hurt your back and we're here to help. And, in fact, I, I shot them a note and came back saying, hey, if you need some help, let us know. But the fact that the timing of injury and then potential recovery and the advice was fantastic. So I'd actually encourage anyone with back injuries or looking for golf conditioning in general at Golf Doc Duo on um, Instagram. But it, it got me wondering whether or not Big Brother was watching. Hashtag get Gumby back. Get Gumby back. And Big Brother was watching saying, I reckon Phil's done himself a mischief. Let's just throw this out to him despite there being no search history because I've done it enough times that – I should have known the recovery, but it was really, it was really good. Just the timing of seeing the timing of the injury, which was not ideal, the timing of the solution or potential recovery solution was fantastic. And there's some really, I, I hate Doctor Google, but this, from a conditioning point of view, is a fantastic resource. So, I'd encourage everyone to go and have a have a look. So that's my love. My love is solutions that are available at a touch of a button, really, or a touch of a screen. What about you, Damien? What do you love? love? My love is a bit of a tribute to one of golf's icons. We've recently had the passing of Pete Dye, and I. I absolutely love his contribution to golf, what he's achieved. He and his wife, Alice, have achieved over decades. So it was sad to see an icon of the game go, but it definitely it gave us a chance to reflect on what he has done for the game, the many brilliant courses. I mean, just some of the names that you could throw out, you know, TPC Sawgrass, the stadium, you know, the players, the players' stadium effectively, Kiowa Island, Whistling Straits. There's a whole lot of wonderful courses that he's contributed that are very much the kind of courses that I love. So, yeah, my love this week, Pete Dye, good on you. Thanks for everything that you've done for the game. And there are a couple of interesting quotes that came out around Pete Dye from players and otherwise talking about why he positioned bunkers places or, you know, had the, the cruelty that it often seemed for a PGA Tour pro, but his ability to design golf courses, like what it seems the greats have always done, that are highly playable for people of our standard, but the higher or the better the level you get, the tougher he seems to make, even though it's the same golf course. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It is, remar- it is remarkable. And, yeah. That's my love. It's a bit of a sad love, I guess, in a way, but you know, it's a good way to start the year. But legacy, I think, again, his legacy that he's left for the game and that stamp and the inspiration that he's given to a number of other designers, I think is, is absolutely awesome. Excellent. Phil, let's move on. Let's move on to game changes. I know it's early on in the year, but what can we do to, I don't know, to change the game? Well, I've been thinking about this, Damien, and I, I had in my mind that if there was one thing, one rule I could have, one change I could yeah. make to the game, yeah. something that, that would just make it all about really me. Well, why not? Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm going to change the game, I might as well start with me <laughs> before the we. I want the ability to hold up a flag or have a siren or just have everyone get the hell out of my way. I want the playthrough rule. I want the Michael Jordan, get out of my way, I'm coming through, Playthrough rule. 
everywhere I play. So I like the fact that some people want to play at different paces, and I'm, this is not a slow play argument, but this is purely saying film one or two, he doesn't deserve to wait. He Oh, he's got the flag up. Phil, come on in. Three, you come. Three, you come. And I'll play through a field if I need to. But if I think that golf should be three and a three and a half hour round, I deserve the well, right. What you need from the sounds of that is you actually need there to not be anyone on the course because anyone on course is in danger of being hit by you anyway. So well, to get out of your way, they just need to be. What a hurtful start to 20. I mean, what a really, it's really. The the tr- this is coming from you. This is the year of the rat, isn't it? This is coming <laughs> from you. So people are afraid of me. At least they're people who are near me. So I can apologize straight away <laughs> as opposed to people four fairways across, but a long way across from, uh, from you. But it's, it's more, <laughs> but it's more just that idea of wouldn't it be nice just even for a couple of rounds to just have the flag, the play through flag whereby I get right away. Come through, and as opposed to no one on the course, I, I would enjoy doing this with a, a group because I'm not a solo golfer. So I'd enjoy that idea of actually dragging them along mm-hmm. with me. I don't need all the security that Jordan's got alongside him, but give me a flag that says "play through," and I'm away. No, very good. But is there something, Damien, that you have in mind? Well, it's funny because I've act- I'd actually be on a similar theme to you. You want a flag too? Less me, 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 me. I'm. <laughs> I'd like there to be. I like golf courses to take on the approach of. Longer tea times, longer spaces between tea times, just to give the people space in the front and behind them. So we don't, I mean, we talk about the slow play stuff all the time, but for me, it's a, the bigger issue is it's not necessarily that people are playing that slowly. It's that there's too many people on the course at the, any given time. So you're always going to think of it as a you know, traffic. You're always going to have those bottleneck areas. So, yeah, so it plays out that people have a longer, they, they play angrier because they're having a longer, a longer time out on course when they're not necessarily needing to. So using my flag theory, my playthrough flag theory, I would say that in traffic, it only takes, like my favourite joke in the world, it only takes one goat. So you're sitting at a red light in traffic, light goes green. The first three cars accelerate straight away. Car number four decided that was the perfect opportunity to check their phone. Someone had to check someone's phone to see whether a message that was really, really important came in and all of a sudden the next 500 cars behind them get into trouble. So I'm not going to pick holes in your idea because there's plenty of holes in mine of my playthrough flag. But I think one of the challenges is the idea of the gap is it only takes one group to dawdle or decide that they wanted to have practice putts after finishing every hole, you know, or, or going through the motion or looking for a ball for five minutes instead of three minutes. And the whole field will still back up. They'll have a greater opportunity to get some distance. So I think in theory, your idea works beautifully. And if you could stand on the tee knowing you had a clear hole ahead of you, I think you do play quicker. But I think it's also practically it's probably not that good for courses. They're trying to make – they're obviously trying to make coin and they've got to take the money while it's there. You know, people are playing green fees. Well, they've got to take them while they can. So, you know, I understand the business side of it. But your price I just – I don't want to be that understanding. I just want this to work. And and at no point in time did we say that our game changers were meant to make sense. Yeah. Or be, they didn't have to be practical. They didn't have to be practical and they didn't have to be something that could be implemented. What they had to be was something that we wanted to change the game and I want that damn flag. And, in fact, now that you've mentioned this more and more about your idea of oh expanded tea times, I want a play-through flag. Play-through. Okay, what's it going to look like, Phil? It, there's a fair chance it's skull and crossbones. I, I'm, <laughs> it'll be a flagpole. Not a smiley face. It'll be a flagpole or maybe even my putter that'll come out of the bag and I'll wind up, I'll hoist it, you will need a hoist. It I'll need a hoist to, to get the skull and crossbones, very Peter Millar style, but the skull and crossbones, <laughs> which will just be 
<laughs> a red alert coming through. Away we go. Give me that flag. You are a shocker. You are a shocker. Gear, I mean, that, that's a nice new bit of gear. Mm, kind of a gear effect. Not quite. My new- Let's just move into gear, gear effect. Let's, Let's just go into We're gear not effect. flowing as cleanly as we should, but we're going to keep going. Gear effect, Phil. Start of every year, Damien, it is a bit of a festivist for new golf equipment, it is. isn't it's it? Crazy. And you're starting to see these so-called leaked images coming through yeah. and, oh, beware the embargo, leaked. beware the embargo. Leaked, never leaked, never, definitely never leaked by the companies. That's right. It's never leaked by the company. So this normally starts for, for launches. So traditional launch season in the US, they have the big PGA sure. trade show in Orlando every year, late January. And so that was when all the major companies used to do their, their launches. And so normally there would be a media embargo early January saying, you know, we've got to keep this quiet because we want it to be unveiled at the PGA show. And ostensibly these embargoes remain on we've got to keep it under wraps. Yeah. So media outlets, you can't talk about mm-hmm. it unless we tell you you can talk about it. So it's like the rule for one and rule for the yeah. other. For example, there was a driver that was under a very strong media embargo of nothing could be spoken about with it that you could actually go and hit at the President's Cup which kind of defeats the purpose of the embargo. We saw a list the other day of embargo dates for a number of products that are already widely both in use on tour and also all over the media. Yeah, exactly right. So it's a little bit of embargo time. So we've got to be careful what we talk about because the products might be under embargo and we could get penalised for it. Not worried. But no, we're not overly worried. So what's new in the world of – what have you seen in the world of – Woods, well, I'll tell you what. I, well, I'll tell you what isn't new, Phil. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to go on my homework here. But the marketing of these of new products, it's the same. Oh, I'm trying so hard not to swear. It's the same crap every year. And now, last year, to be fair, last year there were some fantastic new products with quite quite different technology, genuine innovation, genuine innovation. Mm. And and we and we said. We said as much. We went through it all and went, yeah, no, this is actually a year for big steps. This is a really big step year in golf products and drivers particularly and in fairway woods. Well, I've had a look at a couple of the drivers issues. There's one in particular, but we won't. I won't single them out yet. Don't single them out. I said sing. I, did I? What did I say? Oh, dear. <laughs> sorry, that was my play on words without uh, mentioning uh, them uh, or something oh, similar. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're pretty funny. Um, oh, Goodness, anyway, the only the only difference it's January. <laughs> the only difference I can see with this is some color, a little color change, and a, and a little bit of a. Oh, actually, it's one of the ugliest drivers I've ever seen. If I'm going to be perfectly honest, but they just change a color, slap a um, a big price tag on it, and say, having last year told us this is the biggest innovation we've ever had, and at the golf world scene, effectively, to nine months later having something that's better. I mean, it is just if people, I don't know how people swallow this. I don't know how. So the, one of the challenges is this perception of incrementalism uh, and of whether minor changes do make a big difference or whether it's about actually saying, you know, we are always working, we're always trying to improve. And so they can argue, and with, in fact with every manufacturer, they can argue that every driver, let's say if we deal with drivers mm-hmm. specifically, every driver iteration is an improvement on the last one. One of the things that we talk a lot about that we like particularly is the fact that the longer life cycles, there's a couple of brands who exist in a longer life cycle world when it comes to drivers, which in theory means that each driver will have 50% more additional research put into it before it is released. In, and I say in theory, which ping, is- Ping and Titleist. Ping and Titleist. Yeah. So when the drivers are on a you know 18-month release schedules, mm-hmm. generally speaking, it, it will mean in, in theory you could extrapolate that out and say there should be that additional amount of thought put into each one. But the reality is, is that if you're going to release a driver every year, 
there are only minor things that you can do. And, we, and often within club design, there is going to be a leap year and then a step year and then a leap year and then a step year. And I think what we've hit in 2020 is the step year, not the leap year. So last year, there, was, there were a couple of leaps that were taken. And now we're about fine-tuning the leaps with a little bit of adjustment. And, and to be frank, anyone preaching a, a two-yard gain on a driver or a three-yard gain on a driver is really just saying, you know what you'd be better doing? Try getting it out of the middle. Yeah. Exactly. Every time, or you know, or, but I'd just to like be- to see a little bit more honesty in the marketing. I mean, Mizuno last year for me, it was a real breath of fresh air when we the ST one ninety. I did the ST one ninety G. They they're not claiming they weren't claiming massive gains in all these areas. They were saying we've made little adjustments here, 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 and here, and overall we've got a better driver. And they did, and that's that really sat well with me as a consumer. Hearing that honesty, I went, yep, that's cool. I'm happy to give you guys a go. And it was a really good driver. It tested really well for us. So I'd like to see more of that rather than if you're always yelling, if you're always shouting best, 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 after a while, no one hears it. And it's just you're screaming into the abyss. And then when you actually have something that's great, no one's listening to it. And I guess that's the challenge, but it's a calculated risk that they're taking, isn't it? I don't like it, Phil. No, I understand you don't like it, Damien, but at the same token, we like it but we don't like it. So it's one of those things about the industry that we like new products. We like seeing new things and we like shiny toys and we like newest, latest and greatest. And we'll often convince ourselves of it. But Mm -hmm. I think if if we delve into Maslow a little bit, we can understand that one of the motivators is not always performance. You are such a marketer. (laughs) (laughs) But we we aren't always motivated by performance when we're buying equipment. There are a number of other reasons that we're, we're doing it. And one of them might be because I'm trying to catch up to you because you've got, let's say you've got a new driver and I'm just trying to keep up. Might just be the look. You with you. Better looking. Maybe I'm just worthy of something. Maybe I just wanted to reward myself and it was out of a new driver or a lawnmower. And I've tried to hit golf balls with a lawnmower and you reckon I'm short with driver. I reckon, I reckon you'd get onto them a bit more. Well, it depends. Actually, if you – yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, there's a challenge for us to explore as part of the Barron's TV show. <laughs> can a lawnmower – can Phil hit the ball further with a lawnmower than with a driver? Ah, this is Victor. Yeah. Victor. This is that a so that's one of the challenges. So we've got we've got a new driver release from Talamad, a new one from Callaway, a new Mizuno driver coming out. There's a new Tourage driver coming out, new Zexio. Cleveland have just launched one. And so there's a lot of the new things coming on. And, and the challenge is going to be saying, why is it that I will upgrade from what I've currently got? What can that offer? And I think what you'll find with a lot of the brands is that people aren't upgrading every model. They'll upgrade every second or third. And so if you compare- so they're speaking to different people in theory. Each. That's right. So if you compare, for example, the Callaway Maverick, so maybe the person buying a Maverick is not upgrading from an Epic or the Epic Flash. They're upgrading from Rogue or they're upgrading upgrading from Razer, you know, going back that far. So it is a, a bit of a jump in technology. It's just that we're comparing each model to each model yeah, because, because that's the space- we're in. So there's a fair bit going on with Woods, Fairway Woods. What was interesting for me in the interview that you did last year with Tomo Biostet from TaylorMade is, is one of the side discussions was this reinvention of names from yesteryear. And one of the questions was around V-Steel. So one of the most famous Fairway Woods TaylorMade's mm-hmm. ever had was the V-Steel Fairway. And I saw they have a V-Steel sole now on their titanium metal wood. But this rebirthing of names is for me, it's you know, it's a nice homage in a sense to the past, but it's also a pretty obvious link. Maybe we ran out of names, ran out of ideas. Yeah, ran out of ideas. I don't know. So, there's a couple of new irons, some new golf balls coming out from. I think Callaway have got a new ball out. Titleist are doing a new, a couple of new balls. But again, the embargo light started to flash, so we'll back off on that until we're allowed to mention it. 
but it is not a new Pro V1 and it's not a new Pro V1X. I can say that under embargo because it's not. And so there's a number of new products around the place. We'll just have to see what else comes out because maybe some companies who have genuine embargoes are keeping stuff quiet. Maybe. We'll find out. We'll find out all of that. Phil, you look you actually look really relaxed starting kicking the year off. I'm pretty sure that you've had a bit of a bit of a relaxing time, a bit of a barons like time. Any any behaviour, barons behaviour you've been involved with or witnessed? The Bar- look every year, as you know, between Christmas and New Year I I wander away to Rich River up to Echuca to play golf, so in country Victoria, up on the Murray, which fortunately they've been spared from the bushfires and a few other things along those lines. They've been, you know, it's it's dry and it's hot and it's arid, but it's pretty good. So we go up there and the most baroness thing that, that happens up there really, other than the camaraderie, is going to dinner at a restaurant that we go to every year, which I've mentioned previously in the podcast, called The Junction at Moema Bowling Club, mm-hmm. which just has food that is absolutely out of this world. That place is heaven for you, isn't it? You absolutely love it. It is. the one, we, we look forward to that for a year. So as soon as we've left, we start, you know, you start salivating at the idea of, away, of yeah. going back. And, and some of the wines, because, you know, the guys we go away with know a fair bit about what they're ordering. Um, and, in fact, that said, the – Somalia there was actually really good with a couple of recommendations this year as well. But there's just a couple of standout. There's a Mac Forbes and everyone, if Mac Forbes Riesling, it was an RS17 Riesling and it is just delicious. It's like drinking diamonds. But there's some really, if you can, yeah, maybe that's just me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. And hurts about six hours later. But yeah, anyway, it's a very, it's very baronesque thing for us to go away and enjoy the the very finest of what that has on offer. Mm-hmm. Don, did you have anything Baroness yourself? Well, n- not me personally, but we've obviously seen Australia on fire. A horrible, horrible sort of period yeah. here with um we lost it we've lost a hell of a lot of uh, wildlife. We've lost some wonderfully brave people. For me, seeing the brave the braveness the courage of these people who run towards the fire. Sorry, I can't let you off. I can't let you off on that. You are the best wordsmith I've ever met in my life. I thought I got And I think it's important that everyone understands this. So there is nobody that I've ever met that is more precise with the words that they use at different points in time in correct context and delivered in the correct way. Damien, to kick off 2020, now we won't rewind that, but we should, braveness. I love, and I'm going to embrace that. I've been hanging out with Kipper. <laughs> so everybody, Strixen and Braveness. So we're going to hear the word braveness a number of times oh, during no, the course hashtag. of the year. But here's my chance. But it's a very serious topic, and what you're bringing up here is, is the absolute courage and, Damon, insert new word here and then continue. No, I just oh, – I don't know how to come back from this. But see, now I've just got braveness in my head. <laughs> these people that turn – in all seriousness, people, these people who turn and run towards a fire to protect – other people, other people's property, the you know fauna and flora of this country, which we love so much, they are people I absolutely doff yeah. my doff my cap to, and have nothing but pure and utter respect. Every one of them is an honorary baron, in my opinion. And they they are true heroes. And I, what I've really liked about what's happened for all the devastation is the way that, as a country being Australia, how we rally around. Mm-hmm. Tough times, but also how the the reach of the country and the fact that that we do fancy. I mean, there's always knobs, but we do fancy ourselves as as pretty reasonable people. And you look yeah. at the support that other people have had a lot to do with Australia immediately 
you know, put their hand up and say, yes, I mean, you know, let me know what we need to do to help. But if we deal with incidents, this occurs all the time. Whenever we have bushfires, there's always stories of the guy who goes to help his neighbour save their house whilst in the background knowing his house is going to be lost. And it happens all the time and and over and over again. And But they do it and they do it and they do it. And and we talk about this uh, idea of an Aussie spirit and the Anzac spirit and going back to – and in adversity, it, it always comes out, they, always shines. Step up, but the courage, I mean, these are true heroes, and I loved, and I loved, 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 there was a meme that we've spoken about previously, Damo, where it had Superman and, and the Hall of Heroes putting a hand out to a CFA, CFA yeah. fiery, you know, with a tag of welcome to the club. And there's no better way of doing it. I mean, they, these are heroes. These are largely volunteers who just say, I'm not going to let that hurt you. And it's extraordinary what they do. And they do it over and over again. So when we start to see the donations and the support of the people who can't go and fight the fires, but they mm-hmm. do want to help out, whether it be Pink or whether it be a Twiggy Forest or whether it be anyone, Legend. you know, a kid donating a dollar, you know, Pink, it all. Pink it all, donating 50 million. That's right. It, it all makes sense. Mm. You know, so it, it all contributes in the right way and as a percentage. What does. I know you can see I'm about to go off on a rant. Yeah, do it. One thing about that, that's the people, and we love the people because the people are good. What I can't stand is seeing some corporations or Large or small. Hey. Large or small. (laughs) Large or small or businesses who use things like this to promote themselves or their generosity. So, for example, they might say for every- insert something here, we will donate this. And it just keeps going on and on so that they're out and they're out in the um, spotlight. Rather than going or just doing, just donating without having to say that's what we're doing. It drives me it drives me mad. I, I've seen so much of it. I've seen it in the golf space as well, where for this day, the, everything we earn is going to the bushfires. How about just bloody donate that if that's what you want to do because it's the right thing to do, yep. not so you can get yourselves up in lights and say, oh, look at us. We're such a wonderful company that we help these people. No, just do what's right. So the marketing drive- rant. I'm, I'm in a yeah. ranty start. You are in a ranty start. You should have made this. You hate the using it as a marketing drive to build a business and saying, but I'll give you a clip. I'll clip the ticket on the way through. Well, no, if I was going to sign up to that, I would have signed up by now anyway. So I'm not going to sign up because of the bushfires. But what I like is, you know, when you look at Cam Smith and even the Nick Kyrgios, the aces for the, the bonus of the aces. So I'm, I'm not quite in agreement with you in that because mm. I think what it does do is it keeps the cause front of mind so during a course of event. From, you look at it as a market from a marketing perspective, a bit uh, I the think longevity there's, that it keeps Yeah, there's an interesting point. There's enough of it being kept in, in front of mind anyway, though. It's in the news every single day. But I think it hits – you've got to understand that it just hits different markets at different times and with people are, are thinking different things. And if it allows us to keep account on how much money has been donated, as an example, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman from the tournament, the Sony Open, you know, um, counting birdies or, or dollars per birdies or dollars per eagles, I think that was 20000 bucks. But it was also that awareness, the fact on global media they were bringing awareness to what's going on in Australia. Maybe that's just the cynical journalist in me. But I think you're right to be cynical because I have seen the same as you. I've seen a couple of organisations who are go on a, effectively a, a recruitment drive yeah. on the basis of yeah. a donation. Well, hang on, make it 100%. And, in fact, I went to a, a cafe last night whereby they got all the staff to volunteer their time. They had all the produce donated. The menu was very limited in that it was everyone just can have a hamburger, they can have a chicken burger, they can have a beef burger or they yeah. can have a veggie burger. But we knew and, and chips and everything was just going to be 100% is donated. And that's the way it has to be. It has to be 100% mm-hmm. 
because we're just going to try and raise as much money. We don't know how many people are going to come in and we don't all have lots of coin, but we're just going to give it all as opposed to we'll give $2 of this and $3 of that. And what I did love, there was one thing, and I, uh, you know that I'm a fan of their product, but- McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's Kiffer. The guys at Four Pillars did a, a gin masterclass and the two owners of the two main guys, Cam and Stu, were dressed in kilts and were dancing around and being complete dickheads, but all for the, the, the right cause. cause and for the right cause and to, ge- to generate a hell of a lot of money for bushfire relief and everything else that extended through. So there's, there's the vast majority of people are attempting to do the right thing and a genuine, yeah, let's just I'm raise great. as much money as we can. Every now and again, there is an exception. And I think what we probably do and what I'd, I'd challenge us to be better at is by focusing more on the great and less on the grub. And I guess that's the that's just the battle of, of what goes on. But the point is is that the heroes, the devastation of wildlife, the devastation of property, of cattle, of livelihood versus the upside of of this banding together and this mateship. Yeah. And we'll just, you know, we keep going, we keep going, that's we'll keep it. going, we'll keep going. It's absolutely inspiring. And if I had that with my short game, maybe I'd be better. Well, those, yeah. Well, that's that's an absolute nightmare. What's going on at the moment? But we want to try and get back to some positivity and a bit of golf dreaming, Phil. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. And I guess it only makes sense that that this day we we jump out with a bit of Pete Dye inspiration. Do you know enough of his courses? Do you want me to throw a few at you, or have you got any? Well, well you mentioned you mentioned a few earlier. I think that the standout for me, the one that is probably the most visible, is Sawgrass with the Island. Yeah, okay. Green. Yep, the stadium course. Which is- It's not an island green for the record. It's oh, I know. You do love this. Peninsula. Yeah, Braveness. pronounced. Good job, Braveness. Well done. Anyway, it's not an island green. It's Peninsula Green. Peninsula Green, which was actually suggested by his wife. Yeah, I'm aware, yeah. Oh, are yeah. you aware? Well, yeah. now everyone else is aware too, Good. for the three of you who weren't aware of the four listening, because my mum and your mum suggested it to <laughs> one, of the, one of the person- but there's one of these courses that I love, and I know one of them that is that you love, love, I love, 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 love. The one that I love is Whistling Straits, yeah. which will be hosting the the right. Ryder Cup mm-hmm. this year, which is just brutal and exposed and I golf delicious. You like you like Whistling Straits, considering how poor you are out of the bunkers, and there are a thousand bunkers there. I'm going to get good. You're going to get excellent. 2020. Like positivity. I'm getting good. Go, Phil. At not getting into bunkers. I'm going to stay terrible once I'm in them. I'm going to get really good at not going in them or just doing what others do and potentially just moving some sand away. And Anyway, that's a story for another time. But, Damien, what's the Pete Dye course that, that well, has kept well, your attention? Are, I mean, there are a few. Kiowa Island is one that I'd love to love to play at some point just, just because of the footage I've seen of the past Ryder Cup challenge that was there. Harbour Town's one we see every year out at Hilton Head that looks like it would be a bit of fun. But the one that I love, love, Phil. Love, love, love. Double love. love. And the inspiration for this does come from David Scaletti, a photograph from David Scaletti, one of our good friends. Teeth of the dog. Dominican Republic. Oh, I can't I can't wait to get there and check this thing out at some point. Cigars. They got cigars. Yeah, I know you're all about cigars, but what is it about that? What, what was it about the image? What was it about? Dunning. Just condition on the coastline. You know I'm a real – I love beach golf, by which I mean <laughs> yeah. I'm on it a lot. No, but what I mean is that vision, that visual tropical beach kind of things as well. So if you think the Fiji, uh, you think even with Sunday style courses, they get me really excited. I love it. That's just magnificent. And Teeth of the, teeth of the Dog, fantastic. So – that's the that's the highlight for me that I want to get to, but there are so many, and he really has contributed magnificently to golf. The question is, how desperate are you to get there? Like, like, give me a percentage of out of a hundred, your likelihood 
Oh, the likelihood's not great because I for I don't even know how I would get to the Dominican Republic because from here we'd have to what would we do? We'd have to fly into the US and we'd have to. I don't know exactly what the uh, it might be a three day trip just to get there, but we're going to do it, Phil. You could probably just fly into the US and then fly into the Dominican Republic just oh, as an possibly. idea. Planes do lots of great possibly. things these days. Possibly we'll find out. But what what's the likelihood in my life or this yeah, year? In your life? In my life? That all comes down to how well golf barons does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or the hedge fund. Yes. Because you're hedging. Oh, just give me a number. I'm not even going to hold out you of, to it. Out of 100. Uh, likelihood of it happening, oh, it's probably not that likely, if I'm honest. 62. 62%. Slightly more, slightly more than- Well, I'm I'm going to tell you, whistling strikes, yeah, I'm at 61. <laughs> but we, we will find a way. We just have to find a way. Because I agree that the teeth are dog. And there was that the one photo, the standout photo from David- summarizes everything. It's amazing how one photo can just give you a sense of the entire place. 100%. And I guess that's the skill. Mm. Maybe he should have just sent a drone up and gone click and then sold that. Well, good whack. Anyway. No, I'm with you. Straight so, for another time. That's the best of best of Pete Diet. Now, Phil, I want to introduce a new segment for this year. Oh, yes. And I think it's one you're going to like because you're, you're a deep thinker. You love to philosophize, if we, we could use that terminology. Phil, see, philosopher. Better than braveness. Yeah, not bad. Better. Crystal balls. I want to I get your predictions on some things. A bit of 2020 vision, if you like. And the reason, the reason we've brought this up and introduced it to Tenuous Links has to do with our time out of the President's Cup late last year, where we had some caps made up. And we thought we were pretty clever making up these make read great again caps because Maruga, almost like Margo, and it's just, ah, aren't we funny guys? And then he cheated on the weekend after we had them made. After the, uh, the weekend after. It, after. It, he cheated and it just made them so much more popular when we got there. And it was either pure luck yeah. or a little bit of a little bit of that sixth sense feel, a little bit of predictive, predictive, I was going to say predictive text for some reason. That doesn't even make sense. No, predictive text doesn't make sense, but either did braveness. And I've been accused of a number of things, but I've never I'm been accused of having crystal anyway. balls. But it was that idea or the, the fortune of seeing something that is going to happen. And so what we – our options here with crystal balls is we go line and length and we just say, yeah, I think Patrick Cantlay will win a major. Or we allow our mind to go a little bit looser. And we, we like to be loose, Phil. We are loose in here. So, Damien, crystal balls. Yes. Give me something strange that's going to happen. This year. Something strange. Well, I, in golf. Just, can I just give you three three of my predictions okay. in any in no particular order? I'm going to predict that Justin Thomas will wear a lot of blue this year. He's going to wear a lot of blue. A lot of blue shirts. God, that's such a crap start. It's not wonderful. <laughs> but it's, but I'm sorry. These are things that, that you've got to throw out there, Phil. Mm. If you don't put them yeah, on good the record. One. Inspiring braveness. Yes. My second one, I think, I think Tiger is going to win the Masters. He's going to win the okay. Masters this year for his 16th, 16th major. Warming up. And record-breaking PGA Tour title wins. Now you're warming beating up. Beating Sam Snead. So that's going to be his first win for the year is the Masters. Yes. His first okay. and possibly only. I don't, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to go there yet. That's right. But I think he's going warming to- Warming up. That's right. We can review these, but this is yeah. our chance to- He's going to get, he's going to get the uh, warming PGA up. Tour record with the major, the Masters. It all, it's just Warming a, up. It's just a journalist dream. Just Come on, you'd want to yeah, finish strong. Yeah. And the third one- Brandel Chambly and Patrick Reed, they will hug it out at some point this year. <laughs> they may even smoke a peace pipe together. I'm not sure they will do that, but they will at least have an embrace. There's a love in. 
a loving, a Brandel Patrick loving. I just the chances of that are far, far less I, than me getting over to Teeth of the Dog. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just can't. I mean, given the letter that was sent to Brandel Chambly in December by Patrick hey, Reed's lawyers, we're not here to not wishy-washy predictions, mate. We've got to go hard. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like, okay, well, here we go. Blue shirts for you ready? Well, here are my three, Damien. Yeah, if you want to go hard, you ready for this? I'm ready. Give it to me. Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler have a falling out. Whoa. Over? Over. I need some specificity. Ricky Fowler's inability to win a major. Oh, whack. Oh, yeah. Or right. over Justin Thomas's inability to support Luke the Duck. Ooh, snap. I'm liking this. Mm. This is a good little dig there that you're using Ricky for good. There good. you go. Second one, someone is going to lose a tournament having been penalised for slow play. I think the biggest way or the easiest way that the PGA Tour or the r can stamp out this slow play on the PGA Tour is to whack someone in a final group because it'll create headlines forever. There'll be protests. There'll be strikes. Hopefully all of it. Wow. Yeah. You're on fire, Phil. Yeah. I, you can't top those two, no, surely. You You're right. I can't top that. Um, so Patrick Reed is going to win a major. Yeah. Oh, he's gone the near. Yeah. Patrick Reed. Yeah. Patrick Reed. Yeah, but he's a good player, Phil. He's a Patrick flasher. Reed. We no, all know he can play. No, That's no, but this problem. is including counting all his shots. Oh, Patrick well, Reed. He's is. going to win. <laughs> he's going to win a major. Without Patrick che- Reed, win without cheating is what you're saying. So I will never use that word when yeah, it comes yeah, to Patrick no, Reed. No. It was an unfortunate incident. I can see you've written down. It was an unfortunate. In- I'm just crossing it out. It was an unfortunate <laughs> incident. Patrick Reed. Yes. Is a phenomenal ball striker. Oh, he's a. He is a phenomenal player. player, and this is going to be a tipping point for his relationship with North America, and particularly world golf, is he'll win a major, and everyone will then need to say, do I now like him any more? Do I hate him any more? Do I like him any less? Do I hate him any less? I don't know what the answer will be, but I'll tell you what, we won't have to wait long, because just as you think Tiger's going to win the Masters, yeah, you think I think is. Patrick Reed will. Yeah. Well, he's a type of player that would that could win it again, and they tend to do that. A lot of uh, Masters players are multiple Masters they do, yeah, Sorry, once they get into habit. Winners, so. Yeah, it's like winning at the Masters is a is a habit. By the way, did you happen to see Phil Mickelson's tweet or retort to Justin Rose? Justin Rose posted a photo of the invitation to play the Masters this yeah. year and Mickelson couldn't help himself. He said, by the way, if you win one, you get one of those every year, <laughs> uh, let alone if you win three, I think it was. <laughs> he said, I do. I'm enjoying Pat, uh, Phil Mickelson's work at the moment. So anyway, that, that's the crystal balls. But that's that's about them, Damien. What about us? Yeah, what about us? Yeah, good call. I've got one for you. I want to predict something for you, Phil. Right. This will be good. I think we need to start with a little bit of positivity here. And I think you are finally going to score an ace. You're going to hold- I'm finally going to score another one. You're going to to score an ace. (laughs) So I'm going to score an ace. Then you'll realise you've actually pegged up in front of the tee. I'm going to cheat for a one, which- now, what's the Tell score then? cheating. Like, you could incidentally do that. You, you can't incidentally tee up in front of the team markets. They're quite obvious. No, but you can by, no, I mean, by millimetres. I saw you attempted to get the uh, work experience kid caught out on that when you were playing around Vic, <laughs> <laughs> and I think he might have fallen for it. So an ace. Thank you, Tony. That's very yeah, nice. You're welcome. But doesn't um, count. Mm, not sure. Yeah, what score? What yeah, what be? is the score then? Because it would be a penalty, so it must be a, it'd be a par. Hole out for par, wouldn't you? I don't know. We'll look for, we need to get look for some going. feedback from a rules official or someone in legal. So, Damien, mine for you is you could describe it as partially hurtful. Oh, but, <laughs> but it's po- What a surprise. <laughs> but it is a positive one. <laughs> you, you are going to gain 30 metres on your drives. Oh, 
Here we go. With the help of what might have to be one or two lessons from Kipper, but it won't take any more than that. You're going to gain 30 metres on your drives. You're going to gain an average of 15 metres on your irons and in two lessons. I don't know why. Right, where's the whack? I'm waiting for it. No, there's, there's no whack. It's just the fact that at the moment you hit it through the roof. You've got all this club head speed so <laughs> that you, you hit it through the roof with these weak – I used to describe fades in a certain way, but I'm not allowed to anymore. Politically incorrect way. Politically incorrect way. I mean, you used to call them a gay fade. But with the ball flight, if that is lowered and straightened out, there's mm. 30 metres to be going, and it's quite disappointing that, that you've got that speed to burn, and I'm there I'm going, one of my personal goals is just to – can't I just make it over that bunker? It's funny you say that. It is a par three. Because we did say we're going to write down some personal goals as well, three for ourselves. And the shot that I wanted to master was a low, boring, <laughs> low, boring drive, as in boring, high. Yeah, no, I, yes, I don't. I, don't I, go to no, don't go to sleep over you, there. Thank you, Dan. Because I hit the ball so high, and it's it's the cause of so many of my faults. So if that's your, if that's your shot, have you got a course? So give me – so there's a, a shot. Give me a course you want to play yeah. this year and mm-hmm. your best score for the year. Okay. Well, my the course I want to play – and we could have said anything. We could have gone over, overseas and but could have gone overseas anywhere. could have gone anywhere around the world. But I've actually chosen one, a local course that I haven't played and I really should have played. And I've played just about everything around it and it's a pretty decent track from all regards. And that's Brookwater Golf and Country Club. Up, on, up near Brisbane. I want to play it because I played a similar course in Bonville 100 times and I love it and I want to, I want to get up there for, to Brookwater. And have You've it. never played Brookwater? I've never played it, believe it or not. I haven't played it. It's one, those, Damien. it's one of those things that you just, you'd think I would have and I've, it just escaped me. So It is a must play. Yeah. It is so a must play. So I'm glad. You've played it obviously. Yeah, potentially I've played okay. it a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, have you played Bonville? Yeah, so pipe down, Chachi. <laughs> And my lowest score, I want to shoot 78 in a round this year, which is my equal best. So I want to get back to that. Very good. I like that. I know it's not wonderful, but it's no, no. for me, it's pretty good. I like that. So very good collection. So my course mm-hmm. is New South Wales. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never never played it. Been taunted about it a number of times about the fact that I haven't played it. Need to play it. I don't know when my next opportunity will be, but I will find a way of playing New South Wales. My score, it's funny you say 78. I just want to break 80, so I'm going to go with 79. Yeah, that's cool, and hopefully that's happening in the same round. (laughs) That would be uh, disappointing. So I'll start with 79 and I'll I'll break 70 by the end of the year. But we'll go go 79 just to get into a habit. I want breaking 80 to become a habit. Yeah, I agree with that. Again, and so that's that's the challenge there. So I don't really care about the score. So breaking 80 to become the habit. Mm -hmm. And the shot that I want to learn, and I'm going to – there's a few things that have to go right for me to be able to hit this shot. And one of them is I actually need to get some club head speed. I want to learn the stinger. I want to learn the Tiger Woods stinger as taught by Kipper, as taught yeah. to Kipper by Tiger. But I want to learn how to hit that shot reliably off tees because it's something special. I know I need to gain some club head speed to be able to do it. But that is my that is my dream shot, the one shot that I'd like to have in my bag, assuming that all the other shots come along for the ride because the shot that I need the most is a 70-yard pitch shot. And the shot that I'd love to have the most is. So with the stinger, do you look at that as just a safety for you that whenever, yeah. if things aren't going well or the wind's up or there's something that you go, no, no, this is my go-to. Fairway safety, finder. Bang, I know I can. Fairway finder. Hit yeah. it 210, done. Yeah, or 260 or yeah. 145, but you know, depending on how. A nice, safe shot. Yeah. yeah. but that, So that's the shot. And I'm going to go out of my way to learn it. I might have to consult with the man himself. Not Tiger, because he's hard to get onto. But Kipper, about just getting that fine-tuned, and we might as well use the expertise that exists within our organisation, 
So I want to break 80 consistently, I want to play New South Wales, and I want to learn the stinger. And if I can do those three things, then I've had a pretty good year in golf, I think. I reckon that's absolutely. Now, I think we, we should come back and look at these goals over, over the course of the year and even some of our predictions. Let's come back and check them out and see if we've been on track or update some of the predictions weekly at time or maybe every month. Whenever we need yeah, You know what? Just, whenever we need to. Let's Because uh, that's let's, kind of how we roll, Damien. Now, we were missing a, a tipple today, Phil, so we might have to duck off and have a beverage somewhere. Yeah, let's just go and have a beer. <laughs> Fantastic. And on that note, Tenuous Links comes to an end this week. Be sure to sign up at baronslife.com to get reminders of Tenuous Links podcasts, new Barons Life golf and lifestyle magazine releases, and everything that's happening with our Golf Barons show. Until next time, Barons, bye for now, Phil. Great to have you on board again. Thank you, Domo. See you next time.